OKK. Here we go, my friends. Podcast number 176. This one I'm switching up just, just a little bit. Just a little bit indeed. I want to let you know I found the very first item I bought online. <laughs> yes, the very first item I bought online. I, I've had a number of podcasts about growing up analog but living in the digital world, and how I have been buying and selling stuff online since basically 1992, back way back in the day before real search engines. Most websites were just FTP sites. And yeah, I've been around the digital bend. And even before they were calling it the World Wide Web, those kind of things. I remember when Webcrawler came out. And I used to visit bicycling FTP sites. You'd have to type in a certain uh, IP address, get to this certain location, acquire a link, and then it would just be nothing but text about items that were for sale. And this was pre-PayPal. We used to have to send money. Checks would cash, and then people would send items. This was major honor system kind of stuff. But I remember the first thing I bought online was a pair of titanium cantilever brakes. And I just remember the bike shop that I used to hang out with, uh, my good friend Drew, bottom bracket, back in Seattle days when Sunny Day Real Estate was coming up. Uh, side note, Sunny Day Real Estate broke up. This was a Seattle band in the time of Nirvana and all that, all that early 90s stuff. Uh, band broke up, Nirvana collapsed, they fused together, and now they're the Foo Fighters, <laughs> right? The drummer I know from Sunny Day Real Estate took off, and uh, I think it was the bassist. They paired up with a couple members from Nirvana, created the Foo Fighters. I might be mistaken, but I'm pretty sure that's the case, because... I indirectly know Will, the drummer, because he lived in the house that Sunny Day Real Estate used to practice with the bike shop bottom bracket in the backyard. Tell you like it is, if you can find a Sunny Day Real Estate album, they mention the bottom. They mention bottom bracket in the in the uh, in the history of the band kind of thing. So. I'm just letting you know all that. I'm letting you know all that because I remember bringing these titanium cantilever brakes to Drew there at Bottom Bracket. And he's like, oh, that's what titanium looks like. And it's so funny because I found them in a uh, bicycle tool bag that I have had since 1989 that I got from an old school buddy old school acquaintance named Byron Deal. This is way back in the day. Way back in the day, Indiana, this was before I transferred from Indiana University to the University of Washington. Uh, Byron gifted me this bag. I've carried it the whole time. It's got a lot of my old school bike tools, which I broke out because I just put my new single speed together. And uh, I just I had to get some old school tools. So I found it in storage a while back. I kept it up front. I usually didn't think that much about it, but finally I cleaned it out, and lo and behold, 
lo and behold, I found these titanium brakes, cantilever brakes, unbelievable. And it just started kind of this whole thing about thinking about the internet and how I've witnessed so much of it occur since 1989 and up there. I remember when email, electronic mail was a very, very kind of new thing on college. And uh, just really digging deeper into the internet at that time um, in regards to bicycling. I actually started buying and selling things online back in 1992. And these brake levers, 1992, 1993, uh, were the first things I bought. I remember just sending money and waiting and they showed up. Total honor system, you know. And uh, it really just got me thinking about this whole thing about how the internet has changed and what's going on now and what's going on, what went on then. And, you know, how I've come up just, I have been buying and selling things online since 1993. And just last year, probably a month and a half ago, I bought my first item online. I had a podcast about this. I bought my first item online that I actually had to pay a tax. Unbelievable. And, you know, I've went 20 some odd years just basically having a digital garage sale. And it's really amazing. It is actually astounding because all this thought that I've had about spending all this time on the internet, you know, I've had websites that go back to 2002. I've posted podcasts back in 2004. And then when videos was coming up in 2006, you know, podcasts started to vaporize, but yet now they're making a comeback. And here I am, podcast number 176, One Hand Speaks. So this one is actually going to be a little more kind of digital creepy line social dilemma overtone, my friends. This is not necessarily a one-handed thing, but it has a relationship to that. It has a relationship to that. Basically, it's my love of bicycling and the one-handed quirky things I got to deal with with that and just buying and selling bike stuff online. And then just watching how the internet has changed over the last, oh, I don't know, 20 years, basically, 15 to 20 years. Yes, much has changed in the world of the internet at one time basically more like the wild wild west but it's definitely much different now and i'll tell you what even how we do things now is so much different than how things were running even five years ago now here's the thing last night i watched a documentary on netflix called it had it uh, had a forward slash the social dilemma And it was really about how just how social media is taking control of a lot of things and we don't even really know it. What's going on when we're swiping up and down and who's paying for what? You know, what are we selling? Basically, we're a commodity. Our time as a commodity is being sold to corporations, right? And then this has all been orchestrated by all the social media giants and probably even things we don't even really know that much about. But I got to tell you, because I spend a lot of time online, I've been buying and selling stuff online. 
I do my podcast. I got a number of websites. I, I keep talking about getting to my YouTube page, but YouTube was one of the things that got brought up. You know, they have some major players, people that worked at high-end positions at Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, things like that. And uh, it's a great documentary. Basically, I'm, I'm sharing this because I want everyone to go out there and watch that documentary. If you're listening to this podcast, yes, you should watch that documentary and this other one that just was way slightly terrifying called The Creepy Line. This is about a lot of stuff that the social media giants are doing that we don't know anything about. Anything about, about advertising and what's getting sold and what's getting recorded, you know, and what they know about us and how they know these things. You know, it's just, I'll tell you what, you know, you're on your cell phone just swiping, looking for my website, waiting to hear this podcast ads pop up. You know, you got your feed, you're getting notifications, la, la, la. But what is actually going on in the background? Stuff that we don't even know. Yes. And it's important that we spend a little time trying to figure it out. You know what I thought was amazing is that all these people that no longer work for the tech industry in a very real way don't let their kids use social media. Basically, the guy that was made Twitter, you know, kind of what it is today on one level. I mean, of course, he's on a team. He's like, basically, until my children are 16 and maybe a little older, they are definitely not getting access to social media. Yeah, it's really, really, one more time, really astounding. So my friends, the social dilemma and the creepy line, you will be astounded. And they have they have a woman on there. She seems really cool. She was on uh, the social dilemma. She was at the forefront of Instagram. So she worked at Instagram when it was totally coming up. You know, it's just a major social media giant right now. And she said, you know, when we started out, we didn't intend for certain things to happen. And she was referencing the Internet. She's like, you know, I remember when the Internet was like the Wild West. You know, so many creative, cool things are going on. And not that they're not right now. And she said that she's like, it's not that creative things aren't going on. It's just that you saw more different kinds of creative things going on on the Internet in the past before social media started to take over. She's like, right now, the Internet's like a big mall. And it's interesting because I, I, you know, I watched the progression of websites coming up in the early 90s. And then I remember when Flash Media was really big and there used to be some really creative stuff out there. And now a lot of websites kind of look the same, very homogenized. You know, and what do people do on the Internet? You know, they search for for information and they buy stuff, you know, and they get entertained on YouTube. Um, there was this guy on the, the, the social dilemma. He said, you know, if you Google climate change, depending on your location, Around the world, you will get totally different things. There is no one centralized truth. And it's all just dependent on your past searches and, and where you live. And that's an amazing thing because there's a general perception that what we're viewing online, everyone else is viewing too. And it is 100% untrue. 
And we wonder why we're having such an incredible social divide. They, they talk about this in The Social Dilemma. I don't want to get into it too much. I'm just trying to inspire you to really take a look at it. Because we have generations of kids uh, growing up using social media devices, or, you know, iPhones, basically, you know, smartphones. That's all they know, right? And they spend a lot of time on there. There's a guy on the social media. He's a really cool cat. I can't remember his name or who he works for, but, uh, oh, he used to work for Facebook. He's the one that invented, right, the like button. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I came, I, I basically came up with that idea, and we had a team of people trying to figure out how to use it. And he's like, you know, at the beginning of all that, basically, we were just trying to sp- spread happiness and joy, like, oh, look, somebody likes what I'm saying, this kind of thing. And he said this, he said, if I knew that that would lead to preteen girls and middle, uh, middle school girls becoming depressed because they don't have enough likes, he's like, of course, we would, would have never done it. We've, we, would, we never expected this kind of outcome. And, you know, we spend so much time on our devices, myself included, the amount of time that I spend on my computer doing creative work, digital work. I mean, I've basically spent my the majority of my life on a computer. Yes, I was born and raised analog. Like I grew up riding my bike without a computer, cruising around, wondering what I'm going to do today, spending time outside. And I remember the day that my parents brought home a Commodore 64 computer. And yes, I did play a lot of video games. My younger brother, Esteban, really learned how, you know, to code very well at that time. And uh, I got to credit my parents because we've always had a computer in the house and I have been making my living on a computer for the last basically 30 years. Uh, 20, 20 some odd years as a graphic designer. And now I do, you know, I'm, I'm in the IT field. And uh, it's really interesting because, yeah, it's a thing. And they talk about all the big ones, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, wow. You know, as much as I want to spend time creating my YouTube page, at the same time, I'm like, I don't know. I don't really know. It's a very, these two documentaries are incredibly eye-opening, slightly terrifying, and just, it'll really make you look at how you look at your phone. And this mogul, you know, this guy that helped uh, Twitter come up, he's like, yeah, I got to tell you, you know, I... I'm subject to the things I created that I'm. I don't want to be a part of anymore. He's like, I. It took me so long to become unaddicted. That word was being used a lot. Unaddicted to my phone, and they, they, they. There was a reference to the only two types of people that use the word users for their customers. Basically, are like social media. Giants and drug users. Oh my, I got all these users, you know. And yeah, people are addicted. It's really, really amazing. And you know, it's so funny because I keep going back and forth. I keep thinking about it. I'm like, oh yeah, I've, you know, I spent so much time on the internet and, you know, people make a lot of money on the internet and, you know, people are trying to do great things on the internet and we spend way too much time there. Holy smokes. And it really is, uh, so much is being changed about our behavior and, you know, politics and our social situation, all that. And we don't even really know what's going on. We're just swiping up and down and left and right and doing all this kind of crazy stuff. And 
You know, I got to go back to what I said before. Depending on where you live in the world and your browser history, if you Google climate change, you will get a different answer across the world. And you know what? People are typing in political stuff. And yeah, it's a wonder we're in the state that we're in right now, my friends. And I've been thinking a lot about this since I watched a documentary because I spend so much time online. I've been buying and selling stuff online. And this whole thing about buying and selling stuff, the people that are paying for advertising on all these social media giants are trying to figure out how long you spend on what image and where you go and what's going to what is it going to take to keep you on their platform longer and longer and longer and buying and selling and buying and selling? Wow, it's really astounding, my friends. You got to check it out. I, I got one more time. Here you go. Forward slash The Social Dilemma. It's on Netflix documentary and The Creepy Line. Oh, man, that one's going to freak you all out. They're worth a watch, my friends. They are worth a watch. And with that, I'm going to check out. Remember, mask up, stay safe, do the smart thing, wash your hands. And like my mama likes to say right now, be cool, stay safe. See, I told you, he's strange and wonderful. Hey, thanks for tuning in. This is Alejandro with One Hand Speaks. Find me online at onehandspeaks.com and all your social media outlets.